From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hello, welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from the Athens Banner Herald and online Athens.com. Ryan Dennis here in the studio while Mark Weiser, UGAB writer, is on the road in Indianapolis where I'm sure there's still a lot of red and black, a lot of celebrating, a lot of joy uh, in the city. Is that right, Mark? Uh, I'm seeing about 32 different colors of different teams. I'm not really seeing too much red and black. Even the Georgia guys. The Falcons. The Falcons. Right, but I'm saying the Georgia guys, 14 of them, uh, were they wearing gray today? It's uh, it's not even Nike outfit that they give get for the combine, uh, so they've moved on, um, you know, to get ready for their new NFL colors. Um, but certainly, a lot of pride and great memories for them coming back to Indianapolis. Uh, had a chance today to speak to Jamari Sawyer, Justin Schaefer, James Cook. And Zamir White. Yesterday it was George Pickens, and then all the defensive uh, front seven guys tomorrow. And then Saturday we will get Louis Sine, Darian Kendrick, and punter extraordinaire Jay Camarda. So, busy week for Bulldogs here. Um, and if that wasn't enough, uh, Big Ten women's basketball tournament is in town. So, I'm walking through back from the interviews at the Indiana Convention Center today to my hotel and seeing, uh, you know, scouts and coaches and GMs and also uh, I think it was the Purdue women's basketball team. I don't know what day they're playing, but maybe getting having a meeting or a pregame meal or something. So when does Maryland play? Will you be in attendance? Ryan, I'm here focused on the uh, NFL <laughs> Combine. I wouldn't know if uh, there might be a Friday game for the Terrapins. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't know if it might be possible to sneak away to see that. Uh, you know, uh, Actually, it's uh, as we speak now, it's Thursday. Um, they're about to do the on-field workouts, I think, uh, in about 20 minutes here. But those are closed to the media, except for like NFL Network types. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be watching it you know, in my hotel room um, like everyone else. But you know, I'm really here for the interviews with the players, uh, you know, speaking to other uh, players as well, you know, Brian Robinson of Alabama yeah. uh, was among the running backs today. So um, one thing I can watch, uh, didn't do it today because there was no Georgia guys, even though was the 225-pound uh, bench press. Um, I think most guys are skipping that and doing that back in Athens in pro day in a couple weeks. Um, but I will check that out and see what that scene looks like. I think I heard them say one wide receiver did the bench press today. Uh, out of all the wide receivers here. So, again, everyone's waiting to do it on their home campus. Um, I do believe we saw so, it right. James Cook is uh, skipping the bench press, but will run the 40, correct? Yeah, he's running the 40. I think he's doing everything except for the bench press. Yeah. James yeah. Cook, a um, little bit of attitude in a good way, kind yeah. of confident. And, um, you know, when he, he was asked about, you know, why did you decide to, to skip the senior bowl and, you know, what? Basically, the question was, you know, uh, we understand that you were just focused on the 40. And he said, well, it wasn't just that. He said, I played a long season, and, you know, I feel like I I showed what I could do on the field, and I want to, you know, get ready to do everything I need to do in Indianapolis this week. 
Right, of course, George Pickens, a receiver you talked to yesterday. You got a story up at onlineathens.com about him. And that was a guy we didn't really see much of as far as interviews go. I don't know. We talked to him, you know, one time except for maybe at a SEC championship, uh, you know, or, or the yeah, Sugar got Bowl. The Sugar Bowl post game. I think we got him a couple times, um, you know, like in the off season. Um, maybe the let's see, um, his sophomore year. Um, I feel like we got him in the fall that year before he even missed a few games. So, um, but it was good to see George, uh, you know, and um, he didn't have to come back uh, to finish the season. I mean, could have, uh, you know, just kind of wrapped up the career but I mean he knew there were big games to play with and he said he said he was probably going to be coming back anyway but that certainly made it you know a a definite um, and you know really didn't get the full George Pickens I mean he made some big plays uh, against Alabama in both those games but you know um, he's not even a year out from that ACL tear so it'll be interesting he's aiming for 4-3-40 I was told he's been running 4-4 consistently um, in California in his training now when, when once the lights are on and you're actually there having to do it, uh, you know, we'll see if he can put up a 4-4 or not. Now, he talked about his, some of his best catches. Wasn't the national championship game one that he mentioned? That kind of lunge layout uh, that he, you know, caught deep downfield? When he mentioned it was his favorite was against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. Uh, that was, that um, was a heck of a catch, now. But it, it, reminded, yeah, it reminded me of that championship catch, but maybe a little better. And he also mentioned the um, viral one-handed catch in practice before he ever played a real game. At Number 83, which, yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly how that got leaked out. I'm sure everyone wanted it out there given, you know, how good it looked. So, um, yeah, so looking forward to uh, the rest of the week and a busy day with uh, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, Quay Walker, uh, Channing Tindall, and Kobe Dean on Friday. Now, is Jordan Davis running the 40, or are the big guys running the 40? Do we know this? Well, I mean, they can if they choose to. Um, you know, they, they might choose to wait until they get back to, to Georgia. I mean, I don't know, um, you know, if they view the surface here at Lucas Oil less favorable than their, the one that they practice on all the time in the indoor building in Athens. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of guys seem to be, you know, saving some stuff for, for back on their home campus. So we'll see how we'll get a chance to ask uh, those guys tomorrow what they're going to do. Well, you think Jordan is a guy, uh, you know, he wants to show off that speed. We, you know, we saw that, that play against UAB and everybody raved about his speed. I, I wonder what Jordan could I bet he'd be in the maybe uh, the four sevens. Could he do that? Um, you know, I have to look at what the events alignment um, I think White is the one that. that uh, are you forgetting how much, how much Jordan Davis weighs? And yeah, I know. I That's what makes his speed know. so impressive. I mean, I think Devontae White is the one that, that you know people think could put up a, an interesting forty times. So, um, you know. Yeah. Are you okay? So you mentioned at the top there's fourteen Georgia players there. Are you being? Are you able to talk to any executives of any kind and getting a sense uh, that every all fourteen of these guys are going to be drafted pretty high, or if there could be even more Bulldogs out there that that go off the board? Well, I mean, the one Bulldog that's not here um, that kind of stands out is John Fitzpatrick, uh, who left um, after his redshirt junior year. Now he had uh, some sort of injury. 
that might have kept him um, from getting an invite. I'm, I'm not certain, but although you know, there's injured guys that come here because they want to, you know, have him go through the medical. So maybe he just wasn't considered in that 324. But that doesn't preclude him from getting drafted. I mean, there's plenty of guys that get drafted that don't get a combine invite. Um, you know, so um, I mean, Kirby Smart was asked on signing day back in February. You know, do you have him 14 guys at the combine? Um, actually, I'm not even sure if that came out. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, maybe it was the, the maybe it came out before then. But basically, you know, I, I think the the question was, you, know, you have a chance to set a record uh, of most uh, ever, like get drafted, not not a Georgia record, but like a an NFL record. And, and he basically, you know, kind of put up the stop sign saying, you know, hey, you know, we can't be sure that everyone's going to get drafted. You know, probably trying to lower the bar. That kind of thing, but um, I mean, I, I think you know, I think most of these guys, all these guys, maybe would have a good chance. I mean, Jake Camarda, you know, is a punter going to get drafted? Is he going to be one of the punters who gets drafted? If if there are one or two, I mean, you know, he he might be a guy that would slip to free agency. I, I'm not sure, um, but um, yeah, I mean, these guys. You know, whether I could talk to them or not, I mean, you know, like Bill Belichick didn't show up here. Uh, the Rams GM didn't show up. You know, most of the teams were represented in. Um, they do podium deals for 15 minutes, and so it's hard to get in a question about one particular prospect. And even if you can, they're not going to, you know, lay out really much, um, you know, information that that is forthright um, because they don't want to reveal like what they truly think of a guy. Um, but you know, it's interesting they they break away with their local beer writers. Um, kind of around the corner from where they do the podium deal. And if you hang around, you can get, um, like, I had a chance to talk to the Panthers GM 101. I had a chance to talk to Lovey Smith 101. Not for a long period of time, but just to ask, a, you know, a question or two that maybe I couldn't get to at the podium. So, um, you know, you can you can work the room and, tr- and try to get a question on, on a certain guy and um, see what they might have for you. You mentioned that you uh, you've – I guess been in on other uh, maybe wide receivers or other uh, you know players from other teams and uh, you know something that got Twitter a stir was uh, Jamison Williams, John Mechie from Alabama saying if they hadn't been injured it might have been a different story in the national championship. Were you in on uh, on those interviews? Yeah, I mean I'm actually uh, you might want to stay tuned for the uh, Bulldogs Extra newsletter that will pop in your email inbox on Friday when I write on that subject. Um, you know what I mean. Um, do I think that Alabama would have beaten Georgia if they had both those two guys available? I mean, it's certainly uh, feasible. I mean, right. those guys are really good. Um, but does it really matter? I mean, uh, you know, would Georgia have beaten uh, Clemson um, by two touchdowns if they had Georgia Pickens available? Um, you know, would Georgia have done a better job against Alabama? Taylor Rattledge never got injured. Um, you know, there's injuries as part of the game. Um, you know, what does it matter? I mean, Jamari Sellier had a pretty good answer. Yeah, today. exactly. Uh, you know, pretty straightforward. And he basically just said, you know, the score it was what it was, you know, and left it at that. That's not a real quote, but that was the gist of it. Um, and he wasn't smiling when he said it. He kind of was a little bit pissed off. Like, <laughs> why are we talking about this, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, and I don't think either, you know, I don't. Th- they were asked about it, Mechie and and Williams. Or I don't think that they um, were taking any shots at Georgia. Um, you know, actually, when I, I talked today to Brian Robinson, the running back, 
he actually, you know, after saying how disappointed he was that Alabama didn't win, he said he felt pretty good for Georgia in that, you know, he knew what it meant for that program. And, um, you know, so I think that these guys, um, you know, they're really competitive, but they also they can see what's going on the other sideline and know that Alabama's had Georgia's number. And uh, so we'll get a chance to talk to more guys from uh, the Crimson Tide. Uh, um, we had a chance to talk to Cade Mays today. Um, talked to some some guys that were coached by Stacy Sales at North Carolina, um, Brian McClendon at Oregon. So so that kind of thing. Get a chance to to hear some different perspectives. So when will Georgia's pro day be? Is that that's set right? It's Wednesday. Is it the sixteenth of March? So the first the first day that they uh, have spring practice. That's when it usually is around well, that time. It's a, yeah, no, it's not the same day. It's it's Tuesday is always the start of spring practice. Right. Wednesday is pro day then they practice for the second day on thursday so um that's the pattern and that's that's the deal again this year you know it's funny you mentioned bill belichick and he's been known to make an appearance and even work with the guys at georgia camp or at georgia's pro day because i remember a few years ago when you had uh davin bellamy and and uh who were some other roquan i think was you know among that and uh bill belichick and some of those others were right there in the middle of that yeah i mean i don't know what the guest list is going to be but i mean there's tons of talent uh, that Georgia's putting out this year, so I expect it's going to be typical where you're going to see a lot of recognizable faces and, and names and uh, you know, GMs, coaches. Um, you know, they'll be chumming it up with Kirby in the in the uh, indoor and um, just be a lot of talent on display. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, if Belichick, he usually makes it around. I yeah. think he usually does the Alabama-Georgia deal. So, uh, yeah, I expect he might be there. Well, they probably have a higher draft pick this year than normal anyway, if they didn't trade it away. Who, the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Hey, um, so give us a timeline again. So today, like we said, we're recording on Thursday. You said, is it receivers that are going today? Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly what time, but but George Pickens is running his forty right. today, and uh, you know I don't know what time you might be listening to this, but they I imagine overnight NFL Network will replay uh, you know all the wide receivers and um, I guess it's the tight ends as well. So tomorrow, uh, Jamari Sawyer and J- J- Justin Schaefer. Um, I think Schaefer's doing pretty much. I can't remember. If that, yeah, Schaefer uh, I think will do a lot. Uh, Sawyer I think is going to going to wait. Um, and then Cook is doing a lot. I, I think I can't remember what what Samir said, um, and I haven't heard yet from the defensive lineman Jordan Davis, Wyatt Walker, Dean Kendall Walk, uh, and the other Walker Quay. So mm-hmm. they go Saturday, then Sunday it wraps up uh, a little bit earlier in the day, not the prime time window. Louis Sinego and Kendrick, and I mean that they put the punters on TV. I don't think they do Jake Camarda. Oh man, they should. I want to see uh, you know how, how they can. Kick one. Well, since a lot of our uh, listeners, I'm sure, were uh, might have been in in Indianapolis, there, or, or have you hit up the St. Elmos, the you know the hot spots of uh, of downtown Indianapolis while you've been there? No, I did go to a different part than I we went to uh, when I was here in January. With uh, met up with a friend that, that covers another team. Um, went to a kind of a brew pub type place um, in a, I guess a couple miles away from where I'm staying. Um, uh, nice, uh, some good beer, some good food, uh, chance to hang out. And um, but I mean, if you when you walk into the hotels, uh, you know, and, and there's a, a walkway uh, to the convention center from the hotels. I mean, you're just walking past, you know, 
everybody in a different NFL jersey or, you know, more of like a pullover and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's pretty much what you would expect. Um, the whole town is kind of teeming with uh, with NFL personnel. Now, I think the um, the combine is kind of up for grabs like the draft is, and I'm not sure if it's going to be here next year, um, you know, whether it's Dallas or somewhere else. Um, but this has kind of been the fixture for the uh, event, um, you know, for for a couple decades, I guess. Right now, right now in downtown Athens, it's 81 degrees. Last time I had a foot in Indianapolis, it was 14 degrees. So has it warmed up a little since the last time we were there? Uh, it was warmer yesterday than it is today, but um, I think it's going to heat up again by by Saturday. So, um, I mean. Like I mentioned, you, you know, when, it, when it's cold, you see the walkways, uh, so, you know, but it's, it's certainly not as chilly as Georgia fans remember uh, back in uh, January. That was one of the uh, coldest atmospheres you can imagine for a national championship game. So, um, you know, so um, I think the guys are enjoying being here. It's kind of, it's interesting. I was walking back, I guess it was yesterday, and Samir White was with a few other runbacks. Maybe they're from the same training center where they, they would get gearing up for the combine, but they were kind of in their uh, sweats and, and running up and down the uh, the convention center hallway, uh, huh. kind of using that, that as a space to do their workout. Huh. Fascinating, fascinating. Anything else from Indy before we uh, take a quick break and come back and talk a little basketball? Sure, I got a lot from Indy. We can talk about that after uh, after the break, too, whatever pops in our head and uh, – um, and, yeah, actually, we're a few minutes away from uh, the combine starting up, so I got a ticket to the goals at the jump. So I imagine they do the tight ends and save the wide receivers to uh, more of the prime time window when people want to see, uh, you know, the guys with the, the burning speed, the skills guys. All right, well, let's take a break on that. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Since we last had a podcast here in studio, Mark, the Bulldogs have hired an offensive line coach. Stacey Searles comes to the Bulldogs again, this time from North Carolina, replacing Matt Luke, who last week kind of surprised a lot of people by saying he's going to spend more time with family. Mark, what's your uh, what's your uh, thoughts on the on the new offensive line hire? Well, that's a very important question, but before we do that, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the big victory by your favorite Austrian, that's Sepp Straka. Um, can you kind of break down uh, his game and, uh, you know, how you're going to be covering him for 36 holes at least at uh, Augusta? Uh, yeah, Austrian-born, first Austrian to win, and that's what I got so far. I'll uh, have more in a month. So, uh, But, yeah, big win by, uh, by him and added another Bulldog to that long list of uh, golfing pros to have won that played under Chris Hack. Brian, I've got a little trivia question for you. All right. Um, it's kind of uh, related to uh, the Austin thing. Uh, true or false, uh, is there an NFL prospect at the Combine that is from Austria? I mean, I'm sure there is, so I'll say true, but I can't think what, of who it might be. Wait, 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 what do you mean, you're sure there is? Is that like a common occurrence or something? Well, I figure you wouldn't have asked the question if it was false. What if it was a trick question just to kind of lure you know, Get you to say that that happened, but it didn't. Okay. All right, you're you're correct. Uh, from Central Michigan University, Bernhard Ryman. Uh, he and actually he was at a podium today, and I saw it before the combine that he was uh, going to be here. But he does have an accent. He played at a high school called Ball Sport Gymnasium 
Wien. Is it that he pronounced W I E N Wien? How do you pronounce that? Yes. From Steinbrunn, Austria, six seven three zero five. Why did um, Sam Pittman not recruit him to Georgia? Do you have any idea? I uh, probably didn't uh, go into to uh, Austria to looking for that type of talent. Um, he was a foreign exchange student, so maybe he played. I think it looks like he played in Detroit. So um, well, that explains the Central Michigan ties. They went to Australia to get a punter. So um, who, who's, who scouts? Who is the European uh, recruiting <laughs> guy for Georgia football? Do you know? Oh man, I, I, that's I guess like, I guess same. Georgia. That seems like a job for uh, Will Muschamp to to go into Europe and find the best talent. I'll volunteer. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that that plays out. All right, getting back to your main question, Stacy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your question about him? I mean, yeah. yeah what what's your th- thinking of of you know uh, kind of a former uh, Mark Rick guy coming back uh, to the program, which seems to be a common thing. Everything old is new again with the Bulldogs. As you look around. Um, the program, Stacey Searles is back, Mike Bobo is back, Brian B. Mac McClendon is back, Will Muschamp is back, uh, Todd Harley has already been back. He was, uh, guys were all with the program uh, under Mark Rick in one capacity or another, and you know Mike Bobo now is not coaching on the field, but he's you know on the support staff as an offensive analyst. Um, you know, I don't know, Stacey Searles was the number one choice for Kirby Smart, but he was the one he ended up with. And he's probably, the, you know, uh, probably fair to say this is a safe pick in that you know what you're getting. There's a familiarity. Um, you know, Kirby and Stacey Searles are on the same staff at LSU under Nick Saban. Um, and Stacey Searles and Mike Bobo were, were super tight, just like Mike Bobo was with Will Friend. You know, there's a certain connection between an offensive coordinator and an offensive line coach, at least there certainly was when Mike Bobo um I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think I have memory of both Mike Bobo and Stacey Searles and Mike Bobo and Will Friend doing, like, walks around the practice field. And, like, if you mm-hmm. went to a bowl game, uh, you went to a – say they were practicing at a local high school. Before practice, maybe you'd see those guys walking around the practice field. Um, so uh, he's a guy that's from Tryon, Georgia, played at Auburn. Um, has been very well traveled. Left Georgia in 2010 after it was three or four seasons. Went to Texas. Um, you know, went to Miami. Was at Virginia Tech. Spent the last three years with Mac Brown at North Carolina. Um, so, you know, a lot of the guys on the Georgia roster have probably been recruited. And I'm talking about the offensive linemen. You know, Stacey Sills probably trying to make a run at some of those guys to go up to North Carolina. Or, or Miami when he was there before. Um, so um, it's uh, we'll see what Kirby has to say about it. I mean, um, when spring practice begins, but um, and Matt Luke steps aside pretty quickly, um, and uh, a week later they, they get Stacey Searles. And you know, I mean, this is the fourth new head coach. I mean, not head coach, fourth new assistant coach yeah. uh, for this. this yeah, it's, uh, it's a, I think familiarity is is, is a big uh, part of it uh, for for Georgia and and the culture that, that Kirby Smart wants. Uh, you know, something that he can probably feel pretty safe about. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, are saying, well, these are the people that didn't get the job done under under Mark Rick. But I guess the biggest difference might be uh, the tenacity in recruiting and and who's the head coach now. What do you think? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly you look at what he had at North Carolina, you know, he's walking into a room that has um, Broderick Jones and Amarius Mims, and, you know, the talent level is, is uh, raised. And, I mean, he had good guys when he when he coached before. I mean, David Andrews, um, Ben Jones. Actually, was it was Andrews? Uh, ben Jones. It was Ben Jones. And, um yeah, Trenton Sturdivant was a big time recruit. Um, played tackle, did a nice dance in uh, <laughs> at the, at the uh, <laughs> 2007 game. So, um, you know, hey, Laura Rollins is here for NFL Live. It looks like, and uh, and she uh, SEC Network person. I guess she's big with the NFL too. But uh, as, as ESPN starts up with their combine coverage. Um, there in Lucasville. Actually, there's 10,000 fans are supposed to be let in for these things. Maybe I can just go over there as a fan and then watch it. Do you have to buy a ticket? I mean, that's what. Uh, no, you don't. Well, you, you get a ticket. I think they're free. Actually, I don't know if it costs. I don't think it costs money. So, uh, why in the world would anybody want to go to that? To be quite honest with you, I mean, you realize you realize that like they have the NFL draft as a event you can go watch too. So, like, at least you're actually seeing something more athletic than. You know the commissioner standing at the podium. I mean, it's it's something to do. It's a party. <laughs> uh, where's the draft this year? Uh, that would be Las Vegas. Uh, let, me, let me let me put in a request for me to go cover that. You know, I saw that Green so Bay you, was an, uh, one of the three finalists for next year, and I just wondered, like, I mean, that's a, that's a small town. The draft? Yeah. Uh, what are the other two? I, I can't remember, but Green Bay. I, I think I just started pondering. Like you know, usually it's a big city with a with a lot of things to do. Green Bay. I mean, I, there's not that much. You know, Nashville. They had it right there on what is that Broadway where you think you could hit up a juke joint, get you a beer, and then walk out and see the draft. I don't know what you do. Maybe get some uh, uh, get some, I, get some cheese there in Green Bay and and, yeah, a, cheese, and a beer. Cheese curds. Who's the uh, who are the biggest, uh, you know, music acts from Wisconsin? What do you, what do you know about that? Uh, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers has a band. Maybe they could play. No, I'm not talking about him. <laughs> All right. I don't know. What well, else you got? What else you got? Anything else? We're gonna move to basketball. Talk about the lowly, no, the lowly Bulldogs coming off another. Hey, well, I don't know why you call them lowly. Uh, Georgia Taylor's team uh, playing, playing Jenny Taylor's team playing tonight uh, huh. in the SEC tournament. I think it's about a nine thirty-ish tip. Uh, what are they, the six seed? Um, so they're, they're looking like they're going to make the uh, NCAA tournament. Maybe have a six or seven seed, something like that. Yeah. So um, I don't know what, what, why we have to den- denigrate that, that program. Yeah, wasn't talking about them. Obviously, talking about Tom Crean's. Bulldogs coming oh, off, oh, oh, okay. coming off another loss, Tennessee. Where, uh, yeah, isn't it the same old story every game? It's like you, you, the first half they give you hope, and uh, you think they might actually have a shot at winning, and then it comes unraveled and start a second. Next thing you know, they're down by fifteen points or so, and then they try to work their way back a little bit, but you know, too little, too late. Same thing happened against the Vols the other night. Wait, well, you, you thought that they, there was a good chance they're going to win that game? No, I never. No, I don't think I ever said that exactly. I'm just saying that you know, through a, through the first half, you feel good about the way they're competing against you know, an Auburn, uh, uh, Tennessee, uh, some of these highly ranked teams that uh, they look like they actually you know know what they're doing, might have a shot if they can hang in there till the end. But then it all comes unraveled at the first and second I mean, half. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I, you've seen it so many times. I was you know. 
bracing for something to go wrong and, and things to kind of uh, take a turn for the worse, and, and they did, unfortunately, for Georgia. Um, you know, Christian Wright missed a layup, and then they came down the other end and wide open three that mm-hmm. Tennessee hit, and I think it was, a, I don't know, it was 11 nothing run, something like that, and uh, you know, Tennessee uh, kind of took control, and Georgia hung around, and you know, the outcome was what it was. Um, so ten in a row, I kind of had forgotten the number. Yeah, <laughs> how many in a row it was? And it's one, it's one in fifteen row. now, right? In the SEC, one in fifteen in the SEC. But um, yeah, they're, they're going to play at, at Missouri on Saturday. Uh, their their SEC tournament game is now locked in. I know you're going to be excited for the. I don't know what time is it, 8.30 maybe on Wednesday night. It'll be Georgia and Vanderbilt, um, which uh, could be the last game for Tom Crean. I mean, you know, expecting that that move to happen. Um, but whether it'll be against Vanderbilt or – I know Ryan is, is, is predicting a kind of a five-game run to the NCAA tournament and then uh, maybe uh, maybe even getting to the um, – Round of thirty-two. So uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I was. That, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, but I was there in '08 when the tornado hit, and uh, you know, then the run happened. So uh, I guess uh, anything can happen. Of course, w- what we hadn't mentioned either since the last uh, podcast was they fell to Florida on Saturday when uh, former Cedar Shoals player. Flanders Fleming came back, had a huge game, and, and you did a little story on that. And uh, you know, you, you know, even if you're a Bulldog fan, I, you know, I don't know if you're if you're from Athens at least, you know, you kind of pull for a guy to to come back, and you see his family. They showed his family quite a bit on TV celebrating, and just to see uh, the happiness and you know in their eyes and hearts and all that, and uh, knowing that you know, I think I think Fleming wanted to come back to Georgia. Uh, or come, you know, back to Athens and play for Georgia, and uh, I don't know if he, he ever got the opportunity. So I'm sure it meant something to him to come back I and mean, show him what he could do. Yes, I, I spoke to his mother and his stepfather, and stepfather told me he, he did not get a Georgia offer that they, you know, showed interest, but um, uh, you know, was not an offer, so didn't have that chance, and uh, came back and had his best game uh, uh, for Florida, a season high. Um, was it 27? I think 27 points, maybe. Yeah, 27. Um, so, yeah, they did show him on TV. I was actually interviewing them after the game to for the story I, I wrote, and uh, I guess I saw it when I got back home on, on my DVR because I recorded the game. Uh, Tom Hart was doing his post-game uh, wrap-up or whatever, and uh, they, they showed the family once again, and uh, lo and behold, they're inter- I'm interviewing them. And then um, Fleming turned around and, and waved to his parents, so... Uh, um, I, I think I got out of the frame in time for them to then uh, <laughs> wave back and, and, and that thing. But um, yeah, good story for them to to. Uh, he had a big crowd of sixty to a hundred. His parents said it was about a hundred. So wow. anyway, uh, yeah, Georgia. I mean, maybe they'll get the Missouri win. Vanderbilt uh, has beat him a couple times this year. Missouri has had just as, as bad a, a, a season, or not as bad, but you know, disappointing for Missouri, which uh, you know cares a lot about basketball. And Tonzo Martin is this guy that uh, could be feeling a lot of pressure as well. Um, so, and then <clears throat> uh, Cam McDowell, right. um, freshman guard, didn't play against Florida that game we just mentioned. The uh, reason why is he was held out. Now, he probably wouldn't have played anyway, or he might have. He was starting to get a little bit of PT. Uh, but he was arrested the day before, um, had a warrant out for his arrest for a um, damage to property through a rock through a former girlfriend's window, uh, and it was charged with a family violence 
because of the it was a uh, um, it was a um, misdemeanor, um, and he said he was just trying to get her attention because he was trying to get back some clothes that she took from his dorm room where they, they used to um, cohabitate, I guess you would say, and um, she didn't want to let it that. Anyway, you can read about that in Online Athens, but he, he was available to play against Tennessee Tuesday and presumably will be on the trip to Missouri as well. But, um, yeah, not a great time for Georgia basketball. And uh, those guys are, I mean, I, you know, they are playing hard. They're not necessarily always playing well. They have some limitations. They don't have much at, at power forward. Um, you know, and uh, you know some inconsistencies on, on certain players, but Carrie uh, Quinto is certainly playing well. And um, you know, I think w, I think uh, Rignall's. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce it. He's giving us some good minutes. Dale, too. Say what? Dale originally. Dale yeah. originally. Yep. And and you know, Bridges has had a pretty good season, um, but uh, they just hadn't completely matched as a, as a team yet. So, hey, how about baseball? 8-0 Georgia baseball plays Georgia Tech tomorrow. Give me all the insights into that one. Hey, I like the format. They're playing um, one game. Uh, I don't remember exactly the order. I think it's, what is it, at Georgia Tech Friday, at Gwinnett Saturday, at the um, Braves AAA team, and then back to Foley on Sunday. Is that the right order? Let me look. I've got it pulled up right here. Oh. It is in Atlanta tomorrow night. Yep. Foley Field yep. on Saturday, and yeah, cool rain. Oh, Foley Field. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like them. I like them playing it. You know, I mean, it's not so far that you can't just you know knock out those three games, as opposed to doing you know one, uh, you know, this week and then another two weeks later, and you know, just play them and, and then get it done. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia pulled out a win against Wofford the other day uh, at the Braves uh, Single A Park and. Not the Braves, the uh, Red Sox in Way Park in Greenville, and I think <laughs> Georgia's playing up up in Augusta at yeah. uh, that minor league ballpark Tuesday night. Um, yeah, Tuesday night, yeah. So, uh, good chance to get into some uh, different venues, and maybe uh, folks can see uh, the Bulldogs play uh, undefeated and uh, good start for uh, Scott Strickland's team. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I think that does it for our podcast. Hey, hey, before we go, before we go. To- Hold on, you're cutting out. I said they're starting up some running. Um, looks like the tight ends are running as I predicted, or it's a really slow uh, wide receiver. <clears throat> I need to give you the uh, blow by blow here. Nah. Let's see. I need, I need a name. Uh, it is a tight end, and uh, so I'm sure this is a very compelling uh, listening. Anyway, uh, give me two choices for your Wisconsin. Uh, musician to play at the NFL draft if they picked Green Bay. Now, I think Les Paul is longer with us. Is that correct? I don't know. He made a hell of a guitar, though. Right. So you think you just have like a Les Paul uh, tribute band or something? And the other group is uh, the Violent Sounds. Are you into them? Uh, you know, I know the uh, the hit where they clap uh, Bl- in the song. Blister in the Sun? Is Blister in the Sun, yeah. Right. There we go. Uh, All right, I think that'll be. I think that'll be it. Um, I'm signing off from Indianapolis, and um, I don't think there's any more confetti on the field there. Wouldn't that be cool if they had to run through the confetti in the 40? That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, you could uh, scoop you some up and uh, keep it for your personal collection or something. Haven't haven't seen a Rodriguez either. I hope he makes an appearance 
since he, uh, I don't know what his contract status is with the uh, the Colts, but um, you know, a, a beloved uh, bulldog is uh, makes this his uh, home during the season, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if uh, if Grant Calcaterra just ran a four six three. Uh, do you know that name? A tight end who uh, ended his career, I believe, at SMU. Say it again. Played in the Rose. Grant Calcaterra played at SMU and uh, as a transfer, but went to Oklahoma and played in the Rose Bowl against Georgia back in 2017. Uh, interesting. Well, that's a, that's a uh, fast guy, it sounds like. Well, Mark, hey, safe travels uh, back from Indianapolis in a few days, and uh, we appreciate uh, We appreciate you. We'll talk to you guys. Talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya.